First Peter chapter five. First Peter chapter five. The prophetic words, everything again. Surprise, surprise, lined up. You know, you know you're in a spirit-filled environment when everything lines up. Amen. First Peter chapter five, verses one through eleven. Let's take a look at here. It says, The elders who are among you, I exhort. I, who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you. Some leaders have to learn that one, right? But being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd, Jesus is the chief shepherd, appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory, by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Woo! Don't you love the word? The word of God is rich. Amen. If you don't think the word of God is rich, you're too full of the flesh. That's plain and simple right there. Now, here we go. The title of my message today is this. Cast your cares. Cast your cares. There are so many dimensions in our life where we can get caught up. That's very easily we get caught up in this anxiety, this fear, this doubt, this torment. There's so many aspects of our life, isn't there? Many times we just accept those negative emotions as normal feelings. But here's what's going on. God is wanting to shift our thought life and perspective on that thought. All right, you got to stop accepting some of these emotions, some of these negative emotions, and you got to understand what the real will of God is. Amen? We need to view them as toxic thoughts and as a thief and a robber that steal from the quality of our life. And don't ever forget this what you tolerate in your life will remain. What you tolerate will remain in your life. So don't go around complaining when you have these things. It just means you're tolerating it. And you're not shifting. Say shift. Shift needs to happen. Amen? It's time for us to really deal with these enemies in our life and tap into the peace, tap into the joy that Jesus said belongs to us as His followers. Amen? We are children of the King as Christians. The only, listen to this, the only ones that should be carrying these toxic emotions, are you ready for this, are unbelievers who are outside of Jesus Christ. Oh, you didn't hear me. 
The only ones that should be carrying anxiety, doubt, fear, worry, and all of these things are those people who are outside of Christ, who are outside of the new and better covenant. Come on, somebody. Those toxic emotions only belong to those who are children of the devil. And living, here's what, if you're a child of the devil without Christ today, it says you're living without hope. Christians, we need to be ashamed of ourselves that we would allow ourselves to live like a child of the devil when we're a child of the king. Amen? Amen? So, listen, cast your cares means this, and I'm going to go into this further in a little bit, down the road a little bit, but it means to release those cares to your heavenly Father so you do not have to bear the emotional weight and responsibility for the outcome. Listen to this now. The word cast is defined as this. If you look it up, it's defined as this. To throw something forcefully. To throw something, not just to do this. No, it means to throw it forcefully. Get it out of there, amen? Like casting a net. There needs to be some force, amen? The Greek word in 1 Peter 5, 7, listen to this, that's used as cast. There's one word. This is a word that's less used in the word of God using the word cast or translating cast. The word casting in that verse means to throw upon or to place upon. All the other word cast just means to throw it, just blindly throw it. But this word specifically means you're casting it upon something or someone. The only other place in the New Testament where this Greek word is used is in Luke 19.35, where it talks about them casting garments on the colt that Jesus was going to sit on. So this word cast, again, let me just say it. This is important. It's not your standard word, Greek word it's using. It's the one where you take something and place it upon someone or something. So think about it this way. Those cares, the anxiety, the doubt, the fear, and worry, it's weight upon you, right? It, it, it creates what we call a spirit of heaviness. You literally feel like you're weighted down. Sometimes you get so weighted down. Have you ever felt this? You get so weighted down with things, you feel like you can, cannot breathe. Yeah. You, you just, it literally feels like something's choking the life out of you. Am I talking to anybody today? Thank you, you two. Appreciate you. Now, what am I up here for, right? No, hey, listen. Listen to this. But listen, that is not the will of God for your life. Our Heavenly Father instructs us to literally do this, to lift those negative emotions off of yourself, those cares, and to throw them and place them upon Him so you don't have to carry it. He wants to bear, listen to this, this is what He wants. He wants to bear the responsibility of turning that thing around. You got to realize something. You can't change anyone or anything. You need the Lord's help. Amen. Here's the amazing thing about our Heavenly Father He's telling us to do this for several reasons. Are you ready? Oh, I'm feeling like I'm going down the roller coaster now. I'm on the downward slope here. First of all, He knows. 
that holding on to those negative emotions will affect the quality of your life on this earth. I don't know if you know this or not, but God wants you to have a good quality of life on this earth. Amen? He desires us to live an abundant life with healthy emotions. Next, holding on to negative emotions will invite sickness and disease into your physical body. Our Heavenly Father then desires us to be in health and prosper. You know what that word prosper means? A good journey. A successful journey. This life is a journey. Amen? And He wants us to be successful in this life. So get rid of that dead religion. As Matt was saying earlier, God doesn't want you broke, disgusted, and busted. Come on, somebody. He wants you to be successful in this life. Amen? Holding on to negative emotions will limit, listen to me, will limit the ability and work of the Holy Spirit and angels from intervening in your life. These may may have been some things you're not even thinking of when when you're having this little pity party of yours. Think about this. We need to constantly be aware of areas in our life that would hinder the moving of the Holy Spirit, the movement of angels, the movement of God's ministering spirits from operating in our life. Oh, we're going to go deeper here. We always need to be in a mode of tweak. Say tweak. I don't know. I just like that word. We need to tweak. We need to make adjustments. We need to adjust areas of our life that would hinder the free movement and access of the kingdom of God in our life. Go to John 15. John chapter 15, verse 7. Hallelujah. I'm talking about casting your cares. I'm not talking about blindly casting them. I'm talking about an intentional act of taking hold of them and placing them upon the Lord. <coughs> Amen? John fifteen seven. If you abide in me, this is Jesus talking. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Amen. By this, say by this. <laughs> by that, by this. My heavenly Father is glorified. Answered prayer glorifies God. That you may bear much fruit. Have a successful journey on this earth. So that you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you that my, underline it, joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. How, how many can honestly say in here, your, your tank is full of joy right now? then we got some work to do, don't we? (laughs) You know what that's called for a pastor? Job security. (laughs) Maybe not the best joke to share with a congregation. But listen, 
Listen to this. But humor is good anyways. Okay, so Jesus made it very clear that it is the will of God for you to consistently live a life of joy. Amen? And not just to have some, but he said, I want your joy to be full. Amen? The key to having and maintaining joy. Jesus said it right there. It's all right there. He said the key to maintaining that joy, that fullness, is to abide in him by obeying his commandments in the word of God. By maintaining an intimate and personal relationship with him. Amen? In John 15, 1, Jesus said... Jesus said, he is, listen to me now, he is the true vine. Say true vine. It's interesting that Jesus added true to that. Because if there's a true one, there's a lot of false ones that you're plugging into. And you're wondering, God, why am I not walking in joy? Why am I tormented? Because you're plugged into the wrong vine. Jesus is saying, as long as you stay connected to him, things that produce life, joy, and peace will continue to flow and grow into your life. Only if you're connected to Him, the true vine. Amen? A vine carries life in it, doesn't it? Or it should. If any, And He's saying this, listen to this. And if anything that is not the will of God tries to grow in your life, ready for this? He says, my heavenly Father is what's called the vine dresser. Do you know what the vine dresser is? A vine dresser goes around and cuts off the dead branches in your life. He said, my heavenly Father, if you stay connected to the true, my heavenly Father will cut off the false. He'll cut off the dead areas in your life that are holding life back from you. That's holding joy back from your life. Amen? He will cut anything out of your life. That's not a benefit to you. That's why you can trust him. Amen. The word of God says this in Matthew 15, 13. I love this one. Are you ready? Every plant which my heavenly father has not planted shall be rooted up. But that will only happen if you're staying connected to Jesus. That will only happen and be a benefit to you. You will only employ our Heavenly Father as your vine dresser if you're connected to Jesus. That's a benefit if you stay connected to Him. So don't step out of that relationship to Him. Don't step out of disobedience to Him. Amen? If Listen to this. If you willingly, if you willingly disconnect from the true vine, here's what the Holy Ghost said. He said, you forfeit those benefits of joy and God taking care of the garden of your life. And that's when your life becomes a mess. Has anybody ever had a garden in here? Laziness and a garden don't mix. Are you following me? You ever had a garden and you let it go and it just weeds. I mean, just it it becomes a mess. Now, Now picture that with our life. If we don't have God as our vine dresser, as our weeder, so to speak, Our life is going to be a mess. Amen? Jesus is saying this, that every commandment, every instruction that he has given you is for your benefit that will lead to a blessing. Now, if that doesn't excite you, 
All I can say is you're too deep into the flesh right now then. Amen? Why wouldn't that excite you? Why wouldn't people want to change their life? Why wouldn't people want to, right? Why do you want to stay in the pig slop of life? The fact is you can get out. You've got to get out of it yourself. You've got to do something. You've got to reconnect to the true vine. So he is revealing, Jesus is revealing to us how to remain in the blessing zone. I like that. How to remain in the blessing and joy zone of our life. Amen? So abiding in Christ then, staying connected to him, will create a, listen to me, it will create a perspective on life. It'll create a perspective on circumstances that will cause you to want to release or forcefully cast your cares to the Lord. The fact is, I guarantee you, those who are struggling with fear, torment, and all of these negative emotions, you're not abiding in Christ. Because Jesus said, this would be the result if you abide in Him. So either Jesus is lying or you are. Guess whose side I'm going to take? My boss. Amen? It will cause you to cast them to the Lord because you truly begin to understand how much He cares for you. Right? Now, did you notice in 1 Peter 5, 7 that it says the reason we cast our cares to Him is because He cares for us? Did you notice that? That's, that should be the reason. That should be the overwhelming reason. But there's more to the story. See, abiding in Christ will illuminate that reality that He cares for you. But I want you to take hold of a truth. The Holy Spirit showed me something that, that I'd never even seen this perspective on it before. Are you ready for this? Here we go. I want you to take hold of this truth. It doesn't stop. This is what the Holy Spirit showed me. It doesn't stop. That, that our Heavenly Father just cares for us. He cares for us. <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on. No, listen to this now. He doesn't just care for us. He cares. Is someone getting it in here? We have a watered-down humanistic version uh, we, we've watered this whole thing down about He cares for us. We, we've, we watered it down so much, we've taken the supernatural aspect out of it. Are you ready for this? This is what the Holy Ghost intended. Just as you would take care of an infant or a person that can't do anything for themselves, God cares for or tends to our needs things that we can't change on our own. Uh, are you, you're getting it, right? You're getting a little revelation here. I used to just read that and think, oh, isn't that sweet? God feels sorry for me. <laughs> oh, isn't that great? God just cares for me. Isn't that great? No. The Holy Spirit said, oh, it goes beyond that. He tends to your needs. As a caretaker tends to a person, to an infant. To a baby. Many times we read that, it, like I said, and just, we just, we lower it, we lower it. Our Heavenly Father desires to tend to our needs. And that goes beyond Him feeling sorry for us. Now, so our Heavenly Father desires to step into our world. Oh, I love it. He desires to step into our world, our small world, and release His supernatural power to shift our situation to a kingdom of God's solution. 
He desires to step in. The Holy Ghost desires to step in and change it to a kingdom of God solution. Say solution. The Holy Spirit spoke this to me as I was writing this message. Listen to this. He said, if you are holding on to anxiety, doubt, fear, and worry about a situation, he said, I cannot intervene. If you're holding on to it, you are restricting me from the permission needed to enter the natural realm and correct or shift that situation. You are hindering a supernatural breakthrough. Listen to this. Immediately after that, I said, Lord, you've got to give me some more. Give me some more. Immediately after he spoke that, the Holy Spirit said, look at 1 Peter 5, 5 and 7. Go back there with me. 1 Peter 5, 5 and 7. I said, Lord, I need more. Give me more. More evidence. More evidence. I need to know this, this uh, spiritual law you're trying to teach us here, right? Say spiritual law. Our whole life is made up of spiritual laws. And if you don't activate them, you're gonna, your life's going to be a mess. If you activate them, you're going to have a prosperous journey on this earth. Read Proverbs. Now listen to this. 1 Peter 5, 5 through 7. So he said, if you're holding on to that situation with those negative emotions, you're restricting him, the Holy Spirit, from entering in. All right? Listen to this. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. The two verses before talking about casting your cares to the Lord deals with two things, and it's not a mistake, pride and humility. (laughs) Listen to me. Listen to this. After I read that, I totally understood what the Holy Spirit was trying to reveal to me. A failure to cast your cares upon the Lord is pride in action in your life. And it says he will resist you. In other words, you're not giving the Holy Ghost access because you're holding on to it. It's your pride. Listen to this. A person with pride wants to attempt to maintain maintain control of a situation and do things their own way instead of releasing it to the Lord. And allow him to work it out. Look at Matthew 6, 24 real quick. Let me break this down. Matthew 6, 24. Say pride. Six twenty four. Some of you are, are wondering, God, where are you? Where are you, God? Why aren't you intervening? He says, because you're doing everything yourself. Look at this. Matthew 6, 24. It says, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in mammon. Okay, that's talking about money. But this is why the Holy Spirit said that we are restricting him from intervening in a situation. Because you cannot serve two masters. There cannot be two masters, only one. There can o- he said this, there can only be one master in control at one time. 
choose it, you or him. Oh, it's getting quiet in here. Many people are trusting in self. Many people trust in money. And I'll tell you right now, that will always end in disaster in your life. Trusting in the arm of flesh, Jeremiah says, trusting in the arm of flesh will bring a curse into your life. It'll bring a curse into the situation. You know what a curse means? It means you're allowing the wrong kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, to enter your life. In other words, you're not giving the kingdom of God access, you're giving the kingdom of darkness access. Because, so the trusting in the arm of flesh brings a curse into a situation in your life because it restricts the Holy Spirit from entering and intervening in a situation. Listen to this. Ooh, I feel the anointing. It's all about your loyalty and who you're given access to in the spirit realm. By the way, the love of money, it says, is the root of all evil. Not money, the root. The love of money is the root of all evil. In other words, you can possess the love of money without a dime in your bank account. Many people think, oh, just the rich people have the love of money. No, that's not the case. They just know how to work it. Are you following me? But there can be the poorest person, poor, who has the love of money. It's all about the idol uh, that's on the throne of your heart. So we are to cast our cares to the Lord, right? Uh, So we need to knock these idols down in our heart. But here we go. Humility will cause you. So if pride means you're going to take control of the situation, humility then means it's going to cause you to release or to cast that situation to the Lord. And doing that will release a rest. It'll release a peace. It will release a joy on the inside of you, knowing that you have restricted your flesh. When you restrict your flesh, you're restricting the kingdom of darkness from coming in. You're restricting your flesh from operating, and you're unrestricting the only one that can change that situation, and that's the Holy Spirit. Amen? Don't ever forget this. God desires to care for you. He doesn't just care for you, which He does, but He desires to care for you. He desires to tend to your needs, but it is possible for you to reject that help when you decide to hold on to it and do it your own way. I'm going to do it my own way. The, you know the key to living a successful life for the Lord? Lose control. Lose control. You're holding on too tight to things. Amen? See, the Word of God says this, There is a way that seems right unto man. But in the end thereof are the ways of death or the opposite of life and blessing. Think about that. In your life as a Christian, there will always be one between you and the Holy Spirit that's restricted and one that is unrestricted and allowed to operate. Either you or him. Who's it going to be? Who's it been? Don't answer that question. Listen to this. So pride unrestricts you and your flesh, but restricts the Holy Ghost. Humility restricts you and your flesh, 
but gives access to the Holy Spirit. Think about that. I really want this to get deep in your spirit, in your soul. The Holy Spirit, listen to me, the Holy Spirit can produce way better results than we could ever do. Amen? This is, listen to this. This is why unforgiveness is a sin. Listen to me. You're holding on to the offense and you restrict the Holy Spirit from moving in a situation. When you restrict Him, you're giving access to demons in your life and into that situation. Now, forgiveness then, listen to this. Forgiveness restricts you. It also takes the responsibility off of you. That's why there's freedom in forgiveness. It restricts, forgiveness restricts you. It restricts your flesh and keeps you connected to the true vine. Listen, why? So he can care for and tend to your life. Oh, I I don't know. That, That just became a huge revelation to me as I was writing this. Listen to this. Here's another one. Walking in love toward your enemies, right? Walking in love toward your enemies unrestricts and releases the Holy Spirit to move. God says this. He says, vengeance is His. Our job is to walk in love. Here's what He told me. Our job is to walk in love as Christians so He can administer justice in the way He sees fit. It's either going to be your justice or His. Think about that. The person that treats you like absolute slop. Think about that. The person that treats you like you dirt, like you don't exist. We're supposed to love them. You've got to restrict the flesh so the Holy Spirit can move. It says, in fact, as you're you're walking in love toward your enemy, it's like heaping coals on its head. Right? My goodness. Say, I got to walk in love. The Word of God says that God gives grace to the humble. Now, what is grace? Let's talk about it because that's been another watered down one. I can't stand all these watered down things. Oh, grace. You know, it's like just, what does it mean? It's it's just so watered down. If I hear the watered down grace again, I'm going to, never mind, but... Listen, listen to this. So grace means, it means this, unmerited favor. You did not earn it. And it's also an ability to do what God has called you to do. So when you take your hands off of a situation, when you take your doubt, fear, and worry off of a situation, you are allowing the Holy Spirit to administer grace in your life and in that situation. How many of you would love, you have a situation going on in your life, and you would love to see the grace of God manifest in that situation? Absolutely, right? But grace, you didn't earn it. You simply stopped. Here's what happened. Ready? You simply stopped trying to be Lord over it. You stopped being Lord over it and you stopped operating in the flesh and you allowed the Holy Spirit and God's angels into that situation. Go to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. You want more grace in your life? Lose control. Take your hands off. 
Submit to the Word of God. Submit to the Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to the leading of the Holy Ghost. Amen? I'm telling you right now, this message is so good it could hurt my job security. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, 2 Peter 1, 2 through 4. These two verses are absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely mind-blowing. All right, look at this. 2 Peter 1, 2 through 4. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as His divine power has given to us all things, not some, all things, that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. That is power-packed. Now, I want you to notice, number one, that grace, which is unmerited favor, unearned favor, an ability from the Holy Ghost, and peace, grace and peace. It says it can literally be multiplied in your life. Not just added, multiplied. Any math people out there? I'm not a math major. But I like multiplication when it comes to good things. Amen? And it says it can be multiplied through the knowledge of Him. Hey, say knowledge. knowledge. So that means that grace and peace will not be multiplied in your life if you're not increasing your knowledge of Him. Amen. The only way to increase the knowledge of God and the Lord Jesus Christ is by reading, hearing, meditating on the Word of God. That will increase revelation from the Holy Spirit to learn more. And really what it's talking about is getting to know the character of God. Getting to know His integrity. And getting to know the spiritual laws that have been revealed to us to put them into action in our life in our favor. So, increasing the knowledge of our Heavenly Father and Jesus will keep us connected to that true vine that will cause life, joy, and peace to flow. All right? So if those things have been cut off, there's a kink somewhere there. You cut yourself off. Something happened. You need to go back and say, Holy Ghost, where did I cut this thing? What's going on? What's in my life that I disconnected from you, the true vine, Jesus? But He wants to cut those things out to protect us. He wants to bless us. You've got to get that in your, in your thick head right now. Come on, somebody. Amen. He gives us these things because He wants to bless us. Amen? Amen? That knowledge of God and His work in our life will increase grace and peace in our life knowing that He is working. It will cause you to be less in control and give Him access. Amen. Knowledge and faith in the exceedingly great and precious promises in the Word of God will cause us, here, this is what it said, to be partakers of the divine nature. That means above this natural realm, above those who are outside of Christ. Are you following me? It's saying we can live higher. 
We can live on a divine plane. We, you know, we, we get just so overwhelmed with the natural realm. Well, there, there's an addiction to the natural realm. But you've got to remember, we are spirit beings. You're a spiritual being. So really, when you're feeding just on natural realm stuff, when you're feeding on the world, you're going against your very nature as a Christian. Think about that. You're totally, you know, people think that's normal. Oh, oh the world, oh, yeah, well, let's go do it. No, 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 no. Come on. You're a spiritual being. God created you as a spirit being. And the only way you're going to get that peace and joy and live a prosperous journey is to put spiritual principles into place. And one of those is staying close and connected to the true vine, the Lord Jesus Christ. So God says that we, his children, have the opportunity to escape the corruption that's in the world through lust. Or lust means a strong desire, okay? Corruption through lust or wrong desires. The corruption that comes in is from wrong desires. Did you hear me? Say desire. Desire Desire is so important. What are you desiring? That which you desire, you're attracting into your life. Corruption entered the world because of wrong desire. Okay? We must know the Word of God. We must read it. We must study it. It must be allowed to impact your thought life. Now, it is our access as Christians. Listen, those precious promises, the Word of God. It's our access as Christians, it says, to escape the corruption. Escape the corruption into the supernatural power of God. You you follow that? We escape the corruption and we start to live a supernatural divine life on this earth. All right? Into a multiplication of grace and peace in your life. Have you ever seen someone and they just got so much joy for the Lord and everything seems to work out for them? You are seeing a person that has lost control and given it to the Lord. You found someone who has faith in the promises of the Word of God. They just don't hear it. They just don't read it. They just don't listen to it. They work the Word of God. Say, i got to work the Word. Because the Word works me. Amen. So you must then, if you're going to live a successful and prosperous journey on this earth, you must have a desire and a focus for more of the kingdom of God in your life. You must have a desire. You must have a focus to be a partaker of, to experience the divine nature on this earth right here, right now. When you read this, it's not talking about when you get to heaven. Are you following me? Uh, One of the biggest mistakes Christians do, they take a promise and they apply it to heaven after you die here. As if the only way I'm going to qualify to live that divine nature is I got to take my last breath and die. Think about this. All these promises are for here, right now. Let me tell you this. Eternity started the day you made Jesus Lord of your life. Death is simply transition point. Are you following me? That's why for the Christian, it's win-win. Eternity starts the moment you made Jesus Lord of your life. Physical death is just you're stepping out to another realm now. Your earth suit's done. Are you following me? 
Alright, so now, so you must cast your cares to the Lord or you will never experience that divine nature in your life. Give the Holy Spirit a chance to manifest His power in your life. Look at Matthew 6. Matthew 6. I'm going to take you just a little over. Just bear with me. I'm going to give you a chance to practice forgiveness this morning. Now... <laughs> Isn't pastor nice? Here, this is a real world scenario. As I hear all the stomachs growling right now. Okay, now here we go. Matthew six, real quick, twenty five. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and your body more than clothing? Yes. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them, or you could say, tends to them. Are you not more valuable than they? Come on, is there any PETA people in here? Humans are a little higher up the chain. Come on, somebody, are you following me? Are you not more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is t- today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven... Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Jesus is rebuking us. Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. This is what unbelievers are supposed to be worried about. Are you following me? This is what a child of the devil should be worried about because they're outside of the covenant. Think about this. I'm trying to straighten out your stinking thinking. Listen. For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness or His way of doing things. And all these things shall be added unto you. Don't allow your thought life to be divided. The unsaved, like I said, are the only ones that should be doing that. Not us as Christians. Your only job as a Christian right now is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness or his way of doing things. Learning how the kingdom of God operates. This is the difference between a believer and a disciple. It's easy to get saved little more in depth to learn about the principles of the kingdom of God. Are you hungry enough? Are you hungry enough to learn about the kingdom? Your job is to stay focused on the kingdom of God, on the word of God, like a good and faithful disciple or learner or disciplined one. And it's only at that point, all those things that you need will be added unto you. All those, th- listen, all those things will be added unto you without sorrow. That's the blessing. When things are added without sorrow. Are you following me? 
How many times has an outcome of a situation in our life became unfavorable and a mess because we decided to have pride, to deal with the situation ourselves? When you felt the Holy Ghost knocking on your heart, he was telling you what to do, but we said, no, my flesh is overwhelming you, Holy Ghost. I'm going for the flesh. How many times have we restricted the Holy Ghost? How many times have we restricted the kingdom of God from moving? The only way to cast your cares to the Lord is to remain humble and maintain a spiritual mindset. Now, you must understand, again, you can only have one Lord over your life on the throne of your heart. It's either Jesus or you. Who's Lord over your life right now? Here's what I want to close on. Listen to this. The Greek word that is translated care is uh, merimna. Okay, whatever. That's not important. Look it up yourself later. It is, it is two Greek words meaning this. Are you ready for the word, what the word cares mean? To divide the mind. To divide the mind. To divide your thought life. Or to shift your focus. So 1 Peter 5, 7 literally means to divide the mind. The complete Greek word means this. Distractions anxieties, burdens, and worries. It means an, an anxiousness beforehand about daily life. Say daily life. So do, to divide the mind means that you, there is a shift in your focus. There's what the Bible calls a double-mindedness. Your focus is taken off the Word of God, taken off of the kingdom of God, taken off of the ability of God, and on your own ability or inability to produce results. It means that your focus is now on the arm of flesh, your own ability. Here we go. Listen to this. A dividing of the mind means you're allowing the flesh and demons, listen to me, to torment your imagination. Listen to this. The Holy Spirit spoke this to me. One of the reasons our Heavenly Father created us with an imagination. You want to know why? was so that we could see beyond the restrictions of the natural realm into the kingdom of God in the spirit realm where all things are possible. Are you following me? That's what the imagination was created for, one of the main reasons. Because God knew that we would have a tendency in our flesh to be focused on limitations in this natural realm. He said, no, 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 no. You need to start using your imagination to go beyond the natural. Anything that was ever created. Listen to me. Flight. It was seen up here before it happened in the natural. Are you following me? It means going beyond your limitations. Your imagination gives access to the kingdom of God and the Holy Ghost when you use it in connection to the promises in the Word. The kingdom of darkness knows this. And that's one of the main purposes of why they constantly try to attempt to influence our imagination negatively. Now look at, real quick, hand me this right here. Oh, never mind, I'll get it. Thanks, hon. Uh, now, listen to this. Uh, I caught her off guard. She didn't know I was going to do that. Okay. Oh, okay. Real quick, go to Genesis chapter 11 real quick. I got to get this to you before, before I let you go. And I'm done. All right. Y'all making me nervous up here. No, not really. Okay. You know me better than that. 
I could, I could care less how you feel right now. Now, plus, like I said, I always say nobody's holding you hostage here. If you got to go, go. You know? Now, here we go. Now, listen to this. Genesis 11, real quick. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone, and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower, the Tower of Babel, whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, pride, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Indeed the people are, are one, and they all have one language, and this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down there and confuse their language, that they may not understand one another's speech." Verse 8, so the Lord scattered them abroad and there over the face of all the earth and they ceased building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel or Babel, Babel, six to one half dozen do the other. But because there are, (laughs) because the Lord confused the language of all the earth and from there, the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the earth. Verse 6, I want to read verse 6 in the King James Version. Say King James Version. I like the King James Version. Listen to this. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one. No, I didn't mistake that. It said is one, not our one. Okay? Is one. And they have all one language. And this they begin to do. And nothing will be restrained for them which they have imagined to do. Which they have imagined. Say imagined. God came down to stop the making of that tower because that which the people imagined for unholy purposes would have been accomplished because of unity, because of desire, and the use of their imagination. Don't tell me the imagination isn't a powerful tool given to us by the Lord. So God had to come down, put a stop to it, because of the wrong use, the unholy, unrighteous use of the imagination of man. But now the devil and the entire kingdom of darkness are trying to do the opposite. We as Christians, we have, we have righteous and faith-filled desires, right? For the kingdom of God on this earth. So the enemy now tries to sow and influence us with confusion or wrong thoughts and negative pictures in our imagination to try to stop us from partaking of that divine nature through Christ. Demons know, listen to me, demons know that if there is a unity with the Holy Spirit and with fellow believers in Christ, nothing is impossible to him that believes. Why do you think the devil tries to sow division among congregation members? Right? When things really start to really boom, all of a sudden, something blew up. Why? Because the devil's seen we're building and we're going higher. And he said, I need to confuse them. Come on, 
around somebody, I need to confuse them. I need to sow division or else if I don't stop them, if they don't take my bait, that which they desire, that breakthrough, that spirit-filled breakthrough is going to happen. Your thought life and the holy use of your imagination is the only thing holding you back from stepping into the impossible and the miracle breakthrough zone in your life. Peter walked on water during the storm, all right, because his focus was on Jesus. But when that focus was divided, come on, somebody, he began to sink. I guarantee you before Peter walked on that water, he's seen it on the inside in the imagination first. Church, it's time that we have a single focus on the Word of God and the Kingdom of God. It's time we truly connect ourselves to and abide to the true vine, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's time to allow our Heavenly Father to do His job and be our vine dresser. Amen? To take away every dead thing out of our life. Everything that's holding us back. It's time to live and walk in humility and truly cast our cares upon, say upon, upon the Lord so He has full access to care for and to tend to His people. So get yourself out of the way and set the Holy Spirit and the entire kingdom of God free to move in your life like never before. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Prayer team, come on forward. My, my, my. The enemy said, I will be like the Most High. So when we start building something good, who comes to throw confusion on that? You know it. We got to get focused. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, if you're in this place, you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. I want you to come to this altar and pray with one of our prayer team members. You know, don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed of it. Listen, if you're getting born again, you're going to know it and you're going to be proud of it. Come on, somebody. You're going to want to tell someone. If you never made Jesus Lord of your life, come down and we want to pray with you, one of our prayer team members. If you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. Maybe this this message spoke to you. It hit you right in the heart. You said, my goodness, I'm one. I'm the one who's been holding control. I've been Lord over my own life in this situation in my life. But I'm willing to lose control and let the Holy Spirit move. If that's you, come and just pray with one of our prayer team members. Make it right with the Lord today. Give him access again. Maybe you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. You need help with that? You want to receive? Come on down. We want to pray with you for that. If you need prayer for anything else, we'll stay as long as we need. Amen? Visitors, thanks so much for coming. There's a visitor's card right in front of you there. If you want to fill that out, you don't have to. If you do, just set it in the comments box. You all do know we have a comment box back there, right? If you have any ideas, drop them in. Amen. All right. Hey, uh, I love you guys. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. And we're moving forward. I want to see miracles happen in your life. So stay right there because guess what? We're going to the door and I don't want you guys trampling us over. Amen. All right. I love you all.